Hello, and thank you everybody for joining us today on this very exciting episode of Lyme Recovery. I am Heather Gray with Discovering Health, aka Lyme Boss. I help destroy brain fog, digestive issues, and fatigue in fast-paced professionals who have gone everywhere and their labs look normal, but they feel anything but normal, right? How many of you can uh, relate to those? Um, Today, we've got Leslie Perrin, and she is a nurse. She is a national board certified health coach. She's also a gluten-free practitioner. Um, This woman is definitely uh, a practitioner after my own heart as I am celiac, right? I'm also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. My mother was a nurse. My grandmother was a nurse. I actually thought about going back to nursing school after I got my functional uh, certification, but I actually had a couple doctors look at me and tell me, "Uh uh-uh, they're like, you wouldn't be able to handle going the other way around, like it's one way to go from nursing school to functional stuff, but to go from functional stuff to nursing school, like they said, I wouldn't be able to swallow the crap that they're going to try to brainwash me with. And so I never went that route, but I'm, I'm super jealous that you're a nurse and I'm not. Um, But how cool are you? I actually first learned about you when I read an article that you wrote on, was it histamine intolerance? Yes. It was histamine intolerance. That was a freaking like all kinds of light bulb moments like that was just so eloquently written and I just think you're so damn cool and so when you're like yeah I want to be on your podcast I was like awesome (laughs) so Leslie tell us a little bit about yourself um why you got into these areas of practice that you got into right because I really like to kind of get to that backstory on why we're doing what we're doing um because it helps to bring a, a human connection into just the clinical and then also kind of let's dive deeper into the you know the chronic joint pain and is it arthritis or is it Lyme and how do you tell all the difference and so take it away Miss Leslie. All right terrific well thanks so much for having me Heather I really appreciate that and as a sister FDN practitioner um, I really appreciate um, being a part of what you're doing and sharing with your audience because uh, like you said um, going from um, being a functional practitioner back to being a nurse is definitely a different path. And I took the long path of being a nurse for 40 years. And I actually worked with uh, patients who had chronic pain. I worked with patients at their end stage of life with end stage diseases, um, particularly focusing on on cancer and transplant, uh, blood and marrow transplant, and also worked with solid organ transplant patients and actually worked with palliative care team. So in my experience of that, what I learned was people had to become dependent on traditional forms of therapy, many times uh, opioids or non-steroidal drugs um, that ultimately impacted them uh, negatively in uh, many ways, uh, whether it's how they functioned uh, with their brain or just even uh, organ or other adverse effects that can happen from taking those types of medication. I had brought up that my mom was a nurse and she had 10 back surgeries in eight years and got addicted to opioids and right. then it got to the point where she was stealing IV Dilaudid from her patients at work and then ended up in, in, in prison, basically. So I've had to detox my mom off said opioids. And so I, I, I've seen firsthand at the level of damage those kind of drugs can do on a person. Well, she's fortunate to have you because, uh, you know, I certainly um, experienced some. <laughs> 
very sad experiences with people who had become addicted and dependent. And I was actually on the hospital's um, pain uh, committee. I was one of the system um, uh, people for the university hospital because uh, opioid, the opioid epidemic, epidemic became such a problem. And so at later in my career, um, in the last five, six years of my career, I started experiencing my own pain from arthritis. And I also had autoimmune disease with um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I was finding it very hard. I would get locked up. And um, as I tried to get out of a chair, sometimes I could hardly get out of my car in the parking garage and make my feet move. And I had quite the distance to walk. Uh, and so, uh, and, and as a nurse, of course, I had to walk a lot. And then it interfered with my ability to really relate to my grandchildren and my grandchildren. Now I have nine grandchildren. But at the time, uh, I was just starting to have grandchildren. I thought, I can't even play hockey with my grandson. And um, this really bothered me. It was really impacting my quality of life. And so as I thought about retiring from my nursing career, I really thought I want to help people even get there in the first place. And so that's why I started to uh, study functional medicine and thought, you know, I really want to help people stay out of the hospital or even get better without even entering the hospital and help them figure out what's going on. So that's why I love FDN. Well, so back up just a little on a personal note, hockey with your grandson, who says that? So where, where are you located? What part of the world are you in? I'm in Minnesota. Oh yeah, you betcha. Okay, I kind of figured you have to. You had to be somewhere in that direction. I was like, hockey with your grandkids, because that's just not something. I'm in Colorado, right? So we we hike with our grandkids or go river rafting with our grandkids, but not so much play hockey. So I was just curious as to where you were at. Well, and actually, um, not I. I couldn't even get on the ice. Now I was an ice skater. I used to skate six hours a day as a child, and oh. so it really um, that's part of what affected my feet. But a part of uh, you know long term, you know, just even uh, from fitting in and staying in those skates all the time. But um, I also developed autoimmune disease, and so I had many factors playing into my bone pain. And I was actually playing street hockey with him uh, because <laughs> I couldn't skate. But I, I couldn't even do that. And he, he's in California. He's actually uh, uh, playing in California on the ice. And so uh, we just got him a hockey stick for his birthday last spring. So he was super excited. That's awesome. And I shouldn't say that because I think the Avs, I think the Avs, didn't the Avs win the freaking World Cup this last year? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. I, I don't even follow all of this. Halfway decent hockey team, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're the Avs. Yeah, won the 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 cup this last year. But anywho, I digress. So, how did you uh, dive in a little deeper? How did you develop an autoimmune disease? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, I have a family history of autoimmune disease, and my mom, in fact, has three autoimmune diseases. And um, as I stopped uh, my childbearing years, I had four children. I started to feel very sluggish. And this was in towards the end of my 30s. Um, and uh, I felt I was gaining weight. I just wasn't, I, had, I didn't have the energy level that I, I used to. And so um, I started the traditional route of treating that disease. And I was very frustrated because um, even though my lab tests that are typically performed by traditional endocrinologists, and I went to an endocrinologist, um, showed that I was okay and in the normal range. As we know as functional practitioners, what's normal for traditional labs and actually the cadre of labs that are 
done um, uh, by traditional doctors to look at the thyroid are very different than what we might look at as functional practitioners. And so I had, was very symptomatic. This went on for many years, um, never felt like, and they kept saying, yeah, you're fine, and never changed my meds. Well, I learned I, on my own as I started uh, to study functional practices, and this was actually before I did some of my coursework, I did a gluten sensitivity genetic test and found out that I was gluten sensitive. And of course, gluten sensitivity is associated with the development of autoimmune disease, including like you said, you had celiac. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I had Hashimoto's, I developed Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Well, that set me on a journey of figuring out um, and working with a functional practitioner and I totally, I, and I, I'm not going to bash because I am obviously traditional in the form of, I believe as a nurse that there are, is always uh, room for traditional practices, but I also think there's a big picture to look at the body holistically. And I learned how to really recorrect and rebalance my body with functional um approaches and doing some functional lab testing as well as some traditional lab testing, but digging deeper into my thyroid to rebalance my body. And I've been gluten-free, uh, which is a big, important thing when you have uh, autoimmune disease for over 10 years now. It's one of the top and I keep, and I want to hear you say it too, because they need to hear it from somebody other than me. I've been banging that pot for a long time too. Like one of the top five causes of autoimmune diseases, especially Hashimoto's, are grains right <laughs> grains right so you got well what about rice no you can't have rice either i mean if you're a certified gluten-free practitioner you know a lot of people are don't know that even corn and rice all have a form of gluten themselves right yeah it, it's true and and actually um these things can cause mental disorders too um in the hospital we had a teenager who um it took many hospitalizations that she had intractable schizophrenia, uh, what used to be called bread madness, but in this case, she had corn um, uh, as a sensitive, um, uh, and they didn't find it. Her parents found it out independently of the hospital, and once they removed corn, she did not need to be on her, her medications anymore. So, it's very interesting and it's, you can test obviously for um, gluten sensitivity and, uh, and there's many tests available to test for um, wheat sensitivity or corn sensitivity or rice sensitivity. Um, and so you can really hone in and find out um, what your body uh, responds to. And I think the whole point about this is it's very individual, but um, as you and I know, Heather, uh, when we deal with people with autoimmune disease, um, taking out gluten is really a permanent thing. It's not a temporary thing like it may be if you have show other signs of other types of food sensitivities where you might be able to reintroduce foods. Absolutely. That corn thing was tough. I've got, I'm got a quarter Mexican in me and I grew up with, you know, Mexican food. And I, I swear I had a harder time giving up corn than I did wheat. Like I still miss my corn chips and everything corn. I miss, I miss corn, but I don't miss what it was doing to me. And cognitively, yeah, I was going downhill fast and I, it's amazing how much I have been able to reverse and get my brain back, get my body back, lower the pain. Like it's insane. Yeah. And you and I know the gut and brain are totally connected. And that's why uh, many times people are feeling brain fog or fatigue uh, from eating certain foods. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it's so it's so connected. Absolutely. And 
Yeah, it's important to check it out. So how did you get into the Lyme world? And let's talk a little bit about the Lyme and the arthritis and all that fun stuff. Well, I think, you know, what's very challenging and um, in, in our FDN practice, we know that um, we, we don't diagnose people, right? And we're not treating them. We're really helping them figure out and do the detective work to figure out what's going on in their body. And uh, there is the chicken and there's the egg, right? There are many things that can cause an imbalance and result in what a traditional physician would label in a diagnosis. But when we have symptoms like chronic pain, and I was certainly very interested in pain and gluten sensitivity, um, it can be triggered by different things, right? It's the symptom is, is just a manifestation of whatever imbalances are going on in an individual and every individual may have different triggers. Um, and so um, just looking at a diagnosis and treating with medications isn't really solving the root issues of what's happening in an individual. And that's really why it's important to test uh, each individual, because they may have different things or different imbalances that need to be rebalanced and corrected. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you tell the difference if it's Lyme or if it's arthritis? And that is very challenging. Um, in fact, most um, clinicians will jump to a rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis for a patient, um, particularly if they think, okay, well, maybe they have Lyme and do the typical Western blot and LISA testing. Um, uh, those tests can have a high rate of false negatives or positives, right? And so I say, okay, you don't have um, Lyme disease, so you have rheumatoid arthritis. And, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, they may look at um, certain antibodies, rheumatoid factors, or x-rays, etc. But often, um, they're quick to label it as rheumatoid arthritis and, and start that patient on a rheumatoid arthritis protocol, even though uh, a person could have Lyme disease because uh, the testing doesn't show necessarily all of the types of organisms. Um, and so like if you do a functional panel, like a vibrant um, test uh, for tick-borne disease, that may test for a broader array of tick-borne disease or tick-borne organisms. And so that can help really uh, hone in on whether or not it's a Lyme-related condition. But in Lyme disease, I mean, it can be very confusing. Um, typically, right after an, um, uh, you get the uh, typical bullet type of rash, uh, within uh, four months, if somebody's going to have uh, an arthritic complaint, it may be usually a knee joint or something that um, is related to a one-sided type of um, joint pain. And it, it's an intermittent type of pain and not necessarily continuous pain. Um, but if uh, they have a rheumatoid that um, or arthritis or a form of autoimmune arthritis, that can be more generalized and is usually a symmetrical form of pain. Um, and it's a pain that can do what is called flare uh, in under certain conditions uh, for that individual. And so uh, those are sort of signs and symptoms. Um, and, and of course, in, in Lyme disease, um, if a patient is treated with antibiotics, um, say, and they have Lyme arthritis and they're treated, uh, 
they could later on, they could be um, anti refractory to antibiotics and develop what's called a, a, a refractory arthritis, uh, Lyme arthritis. Um, and then long-term, uh, an individual could develop an, uh, an autoimmune arthritis that had Lyme disease, but not all Lyme disease leads to an autoimmune arthritis. Um, and if you just have autoimmune arthritis and Lyme isn't a factor, that, that can take 10, 20, 30 years to develop depending on diet, uh, hereditary um, factors, um, and other things, like in my case, gluten sensitivity. Yeah, absolutely. And even the Lyme can can have its own little set of flare-ups as well. I mean, especially if you've had chronic Lyme like myself for over 27 years, and there's a pretty strong belief that you don't really get rid of it after you've had it for so long that, you know, my immune system just kind of keeps it in check. But I know that I can flare up with the Lyme with my joint pain if I, you know, my stress level gets too high, if I've, you know, drank too much alcohol, stayed up too late, you know, done all the things. I really have to be like a saint because I also have the genetics that doesn't allow me to detox things properly and I'm more susceptible to mold. And so I, I really have to walk that very fine line. And I do it most of the time happily because how many people who've had Lyme disease, Hashimoto's, endometriosis, celiac disease, you know, three stents of the psych ward for trying to, you know, commit suicide, you know, diagnosed bipolar. There's not too many people who can sit here and, and function the way that I do. And so it's a, it's a, it's a funny line to walk, but I, but I, I gladly do it now because I've seen the alternative <laughs> and that, you know, like you would, would not be able to play with your grandkids and the pain and like people who don't know chronic pain, they, they don't know chronic pain. Like my ex-husband couldn't relate to me at all ever, you know? And so it's just fascinating, but those, those, the people, that's why I wanted to hear your stories because a lot of times those of us that are in the alternative practices, right. We, we've got here because of our own story. Right. And, and I think you bring up such a valid point, um, even though, you know, I was trying to sort of say what the typical things are. Nothing's typical. Everybody <laughs> is an individual. And the factors that you mentioned that contributed and other individual have other factors. And we don't know all those factors, right, unless we start diving into them. And that's the beauty of being a functional um, diagnostic nutrition practitioner is really trying to do that detective work and helping out uncover for that individual what is contributing to what their symptomatology and why they're having pain. I don't know if you're like me, but like when I get lab results, it's like Christmas morning, you know, because <laughs> I mean, really, I get so freaking giddy when I'm looking at a person's, you know, digging through, aha, this is why they feel like shit. Aha, this is why they can't sleep at night. Well, no wonder she's a moody bitch. You know, I, I love that because those, when I got those answers, I mean, I just bawled and I bawled and I bawled because I got, I felt seen and I felt validated. You know, I was never allowed to be sick before. And, you know, obviously I don't want to stay there, but there's something too. Okay. There's not something, you know, inherently wrong with me. Like I'm not well. Right. And just what a gift that is to give to people of then I go over it and they're like, why are you smiling like that crazy lady? And I'm like, no, cause I'm about ready to give you your life back. Like here's some awesome tools. So I love, love, love lab, lab, lab results day. It's like my favorite day ever. Yeah. And I, and I think the key, um, as we know, is the, the, while the lab results are so cool, um, we are correlating them yes, with absolutely. why the person is feeling them the, the way they are. Um, we're not just saying 
oh, your lab test shows X, so you need to do Y. We're looking at the cadre of, of different inputs, right? The different symptoms, the different um, information that the individual provides to us and putting those pieces of the puzzle together to really try to help understand what's going on for that individual and to personalize a protocol that's for them and not just sort of saying, oh, you have Lyme, do this. Right. right. Well, a lot of functional practitioners kind of fall into that same damn conundrum that uh you know traditional doctors do you know they'll just you know instead of using a prescription they use as a, a supplement but they're still doing the same thing they're still treating the paper right they're not they're mm-hmm. not tying everything all together they're not talking about lifestyle they're not talking about stress and mental health you know and so if you go to a practitioner and all they're wanting to do is put you on a shit ton of supplements and not talking to you about how are you sleeping what's your stress level like what's your you know go down the ranks and if they're not doing that Freaking run because uh, you're just going to be stuck on these supplements the rest of your life. You're not actually getting to the root causes of anything. And that is so important. Uh, I think we all tend to say, I mean, just naturally to say, well, this worked for one person or several people. So automatically this. And I think it is important, like you say, that we really try to check in with an individual between our sessions to really see how are they responding to whatever initially we recommended to them. And that, or as we approach each session to figure out what's working or what's not working. And they have to self titrate um, uh, whatever protocol um, to make sure that their body's responding well, you can't just necessarily say, here's all the supplements and, and expect them to take them all at once, because many people can't do that without experiencing uh, significant symptoms. I had an acupuncturist do that to me one time. I walked out of his office with over $300 of standard process products, no explanation how to take them. So of course I'm taking them all at once. And then just, oh, I was so sick. So I was so pissed off at him too. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you spend that kind of money just to get sick. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, and so self-checking yourself is really important. Um, And uh, I think before every session, really just sort of making sure you really are refreshing um, yourself with this particular individual, how you've communicated with them um, in the past, and maybe any um, things that um, messaging that they've provided you in between sessions, and really trying to help explore that with them, and, and figuring out, do you need to revise the plan, right, <laughs> or um, or continue on that path, maybe in a slightly different way. Absolutely. So tell me, do you have, this is shameless plug time, do you have anything coming <laughs> up, a book coming out, a, a launch that you're doing, what do you want to, what do you want to yeah. Well, I think um, really what I would like to say is that I do offer a free discovery call and I provided you with a link to that uh, and uh, actually a free ebook um, that I call three steps um, uh, to, to feel better, move better and live better. And to have people maybe check that out um, and it tells you a little bit about how I work with my clients um, and the three top things that I do when I work with them. Uh, So you get a better sense of what it is and how I do it. And then uh, there's an opportunity for a free 45 minute uh, consultation to uh, really get to know one another and to really see if there might be an opportunity for me to help that uh, particular individual um, and see if it's a good fit. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed having you on. Well, I love talking with you, sister. Yeah, <laughs> so, right? so yeah, the I best you know, your credentials. And I was like, oh, a woman after my own heart. Yeah. And don't go back to nursing school now. I mean, I love being a nurse. And uh, but I, I I think, you know, this is uh, my uh, nursing 2.0. <laughs> so <to speak. laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm in the middle of taking an advanced mold course, an advanced blood work course, an advanced thyroid course, um, an advanced uh, something else. There's, oh, I don't actually need to go backwards. There's, there's so much that I can continue to do that I do continue to do because I just, I can't get enough. Yeah. I love. And, and I love that too. The constant uh, learning and those opportunities that are provided to learn more about functional uh, things like you are studying now. And uh, I, I do love that learning and I'm doing the same. So um, yeah, hang in there and yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Awesome. You too. Thanks again, you guys and have a healthy day.